On today's show, the Atlanta Hawks dip down back to 500 at 17 and 17 with a road loss in Indiana. In short, the defense was not good enough, particularly on the perimeter, and we'll get into all of that and more coming up. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1377 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Tuesday evening into Wednesday. And today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users have 100% instant deposit match with up to $100. Promo code locked on at Prize Picks. That is prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. And as always, we encourage you to listen to this podcast and make it your first listen each and every day at Locked On Hawks across podcast platforms Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube odyssey all those places and we thank you for listening to the podcast as always well today's episode is gonna break down what became a lopsided defeat for the hawks up in indianapolis final score of 129 to 114 at the hands of the indiana pacers and uh, the hawks were shorthanded in this game that is worth noting and keeping in mind throughout this entire breakdown but at the same time the hawks were favored at tip-off in this one and quite frankly the, de- the defensive end of the floor was a problem in this game particularly on the perimeter it was not good enough by any stretch of the imagination. And yes, Capella was out for the Hawks. That definitely makes things worse on defense always for Atlanta. But he would not have been able to fix everything. And he's very good at defense, but he could have fixed everything in this game. And we'll get into all of what transpired here. But certainly not, not a great performance for the Hawks coming out of the three-day break after Christmas and back to 500 for the season, 17-17 and 17 with this defeat. Um, weirdly, this is the first game of the year for the Hawks on a Tuesday. That's obviously just kind of a random stat because Hawks have been playing on Wednesdays every single Wednesday for the last several months. But... Beyond that, it was also the first matchup against the Pacers this season. And the Pacers were actually on a back-to-back with travel. So on paper, an advantage for the Hawks. On one hand, I guess you could say that Indiana was more in a groove of playing basketball post-Christmas last night, which I know Nate Miller referenced after the game. But for me, it's not like it's not like it was super a super long break. A three-day break is very normal. It wasn't like it was the off-season or the all-star break. It was a very normal break in between games. And the Pacers were supposed to be the less fresh team in this one, and yet they ran all over the Hawks in this game. Uh, of course, on Friday, as I talked about on the podcast on the last episode that we did, the Hawks um, were fully healthy for about a quarter and a half on Friday before they had a bunch of uh, injuries kind of pop up along the way. The big one in this game was that, was, was that Capella was out with the, with, sorry, with the right calf strain, that he missed three games before at the end of last week, and then he was uh, sort of left the game in the second half on Friday. Um, McMillan said that he was cramping at that point in time, but he was not at practice on Monday. And we'll see if it's a short absence, but obviously he was ruled out of this game uh, on Monday evening. So he was not particularly close. It doesn't seem like from playing in this one. So keep that in mind moving forward. Uh, DeAndre Hunter also missed this game with a left ankle sprain. He missed uh, the at least a few minutes on Friday. He suffered it before halftime on Friday, ended up coming back in the game and playing in the second half. Um, I got some questions about why he would have been out in this game after he played on Friday. And basically, yes, he had three days off, but the Hawks are never going to spe- sort of specify um, kind of what degree ankle sprain it was, but ankle sprains are very odd, and it could be a, that he had a lot of adrenaline at the end of the game on Friday. It was able to come back in. Could have been that it swelled up after the game or over the weekend even. It's also a back-to-back, so it's at least plausible, although I don't think very likely the Hawks were giving him an extra day to see if he was going to be able to be uh, ready to go on Wednesday. But long story short, I was not shocked. I know people were kind of flummoxed because he played on Friday, but that doesn't mean um, – once a guy comes back with an ankle injury, it doesn't mean that he's going to be uh, right basically 100% to go after that. So we'll see if he's available on Wednesday. But he was, he was whistless as questionable in a way that Capella was not in this game. 
Also, Jarrett Culver missed this one with a non-COVID illness. I'm not sure he would have played, but there you go on that front. As I mentioned before, our friends at Online made the Hawks a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, even without Capella and Hunter. Now, I'm not sure I agree with that point spread, to be honest. I think I would have probably leaned to Indiana. But at the same time, the Hawks were favored, and it would have been very close either way. And the Hawks cannot afford to be losing games in which they're favored by 15 points. And they were down by, you know, 20-plus in the fourth quarter of this one. So we'll get into the game now. Obviously, it was not all terrible for Atlanta. But uh, one of those things where, uh, again, defensively, it was quite an adventure. And it was really the entire game of defense that was kind of a mess. So... They used Bogey as a starting small forward in this one in place of Hunter. And then they used Capella. Sorry, Okongwu in place of Capella. No surprises there. Bogey actually made the first two threes of this game. Had six points in like the first two minutes. And then was not fantastic after that, let's say. But he actually had a nice uh, impact early on. Uh, Trey was definitely targeting Jalen Smith. He kind of waved Okongwu away from a pick and roll early in, early in the game to get Collins into one. Made a pull-up three. And the Hawks were up by six points early. They actually had 14 points on the first 12 possessions. Uh, defensively, there were issues getting organized and getting back in transition early on that I kind of flagged even before the damage was actually done. The Hawks were winning at this point because Indiana missed their first seven jump shots. They saw their first seven shots out of the outside of like five feet. But Buddy Heel got going after that, and uh, that, called, that caused a timeout. And from that point forward, Indiana got kind of almost whatever they wanted to uh, in this game in terms of like creating their actual shots they were looking for. Uh, rotationally, uh, a lot of foul trouble for Okongwu in this one. I have just, I have discussed probably as much as anyone how much Okongwu has battled foul issues in his career to this point. But he had two fouls in less, in less than six minutes that caused a fracas rotationally. And uh, he ended up having uh, five fouls in like this first, I don't know, 18 minutes of this game. He was constantly in foul trouble in this one. Um, and kind of the weird curveball was that they went to Collins at the five, which is not weird at all, obviously, with Capella out. But it was Justin Holiday as the first back at four minutes. And Nate has consistently kind of gone off kilter whenever there is an early foul trouble or an early um, injury rather than going uh, kind of sticking with, with his game plan, kind of just speeding it up a little bit. They were going to play Jalen Johnson, it seemed like, in the second quarter. And they did that in this game. But, you know, usually you would say, all right, Jalen goes in early because obviously, you know, Collins moves to the five, et cetera. Instead, they just went a little bit off the wall with Justin Holiday. Anyway, after that, they went to Aaron Holiday, AJ Griffin, and Frank Kaminsky. That lineup uh, is not a favorite of mine. I tweeted about it during the game, but I don't like going with Kaminsky plus two small guards, Trey and Aaron Holiday. Obviously, it's a lot, not a lot of size there. And then two wings in AJ and, and Holiday. Those guys are always decent enough defensively, but there's nobody to re- rebound on that, on that roster really at all with, with Kaminsky. And uh, I, I guess not shockingly, the Hawks were beat up in that, in that alignment pretty well in nine to two run by the Pacers at one point at the end of the quarter. And the Hawks lost that stretch by basically a point per minute, which is not horrific, but it was, it's not good. Let's just say um, it was pretty good with the starters on the floor in this game, but uh, that was not unfortunately not the entire game. They couldn't play that way for the entire allotment. They shot the ball away from three early on and did not turn the ball over really in the entire game, but Indiana got kind of whatever shots they wanted to. And that was definitely a theme throughout this one. Um, Jalen Johnson returned to the rotation, started the second quarter, actually played pretty well in the second half. He was not great, actually, in the first half, I didn't think, of this game, uh, especially defensively. O'Shea Brissett kind of kind of got his way at him a little bit. The Hawks were down by 10 midway through the second quarter, and they were basically down by that much or more for the vast majority of the rest of the game. Uh, on a night when Capella and Hunter were both out, I was surprised how little John Collins played in the first half. Now, you might think because he fouled out in this game, and he did, um, but he had foul issues the entire way. But he actually had zero fouls in the first half. That means he fouled out in the second half <laughs> in one half, which was uh, kind of crazy, to be honest. But um, he played 30 minutes, which is not like crazy low, except for when you factor in that 
Um, no fouls in the first half. He played 14 minutes before halftime with no Capella and no Hunter. And that kind of just baffled me. And yes, he had the injury before the break, but as of Friday, he had no restrictions. They had three days off. And obviously you kind of need Collins to be your backup center in addition to your starting power forward. I was flummoxed by that. Anyway, not a huge deal in a game they lost by a lopsided margin, but I was uh, definitely confused, let's just say, especially with a Collins with foul trouble. But, uh, you know, Nate sat him again after he got a third foul and the Patriots scored five points in a row. Uh, at one point, Indiana had 16 fast break points in the first 20 minutes of the game. And uh, basically, 16 fast break points is a very good number for a full game for a team. In fact, that, that would rank in the top eight of the NBA for a full game. And they had it in less than a first half. So that means uh, the Hawks were not very good in transition defense in this game. The Hawks did score six points in a row at one point late in the first half um, with some better defense on, uh, during that stretch, but it was basically rough the entire way. And honestly, the offense in the first half was also, was also not, not very good. They shot 43% on twos before halftime. They had uh, less than a point possession before, before the halftime break uh, defensively point of attack was a mess the entire way. It was hard to overcome the Okongwu stuff for sure with him being out of the lineup with the fouls. But even beyond that, um, I will also say Hunter's defensive impact was definitely felt. I think offensively, the Hawks don't always miss Hunter a ton, but defensively, he definitely is missed on a team where they just don't have anybody like him on this roster defensively. Um, so that's at least worth keeping in mind the entire way. But in the first half, the Hawks allowed 38 points in the paint and 18 fast break points. Those are terrible numbers first half and that was a uh, sort of a simplified ex explanation for how bad things were um, on defense in the first half of this one and it definitely continued unfortunately for Atlanta as we'll get into it in a second but first a word from our sponsors on today's podcast today's show is brought to you by prize picks if you're looking for a daily fantasy option this year check out the award-winning app at prize picks prize picks is daily fantasy made easy i love it i know that you will too it's so very easy to use i can vouch for that i've been playing prize picks for quite some time in the nba and other sports and i really enjoy it all you have to do is pick two to six players and choose whether they actually have more or less than a certain number of points rebounds or assists or other stats that they have available at prize picks and at prize picks with 25 times the money on, on just your own entry 25 times is a lot of course a prize offers numbers on any sport you can they can actually enjoy that includes the nba and college basketball nfl college football mlb nhl pga soccer esports and much more and an entire entry you've done in just a minute or less it's that easy it's that quick plus it's just you against the projected numbers they also have safe and fast withdrawals of prize picks and they're operating in more than 30 states including georgia and they're also available in Canada. Download the PrizePix app. Go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports right now. And first-time users can have a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 if you use the promo code Locked On when you get there. Don't forget to enter that promo code Locked On to sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Check it out now at PrizePix. So early in the third quarter, it was kind of scattered on both sides. Either team was crisp to start the third quarter. Uh, four points in about two and a half minutes total by the two teams. Akong got his fourth foul in a hurry. Again, four fouls in like 14 and a half minutes. This time, though, they, they decided to go really small with A.J. Griffin, and the Hawks only played eight guys in the competitive portion of the second half, which has been a staple lately of McMillan. He's been going a little bit shorter in the rotation after halftime, which makes sense in a lot of ways. Um, it was basically the starters plus A.J. plus Jalen Johnson and then uh, Aaron Holiday basically after halftime. Um, there was a just a terrible continuation call that I want to at least flag. I don't always talk about officiating, but uh, the Pacers got a three-point play. It was a foul on Collins. It was it was the right call. It should have been a foul on Collins. He fouled Tyrese Halliburton, but it was a just kind of a ludicrous continuation call. Halliburton came to, to basically to a complete stop, and it was still called. I'm laughing now as I talk about it because it was so ridiculous. Um, uh, the broadcast fre uh, freaked out about it. Bob and Nick were baffled, as was Nate, as, as was everyone. Even Pacers people that I talked to, I know Tony East, the host of the Locked on Pacers podcast, tweeted about this too. One of the worst calls you'll ever see. Obviously not a huge like impact, but it was kind of a, cra kind of a crazy one. 
anyway, um, Collins did kind of get that, a little bit of that right back, right back. He actually shot the ball very well in this game, hit, hit back-to-back threes. Um, good to see for him making some, making some jump shots in this game. But uh, other than that, the Hawks were able to get back with an eight at one point, mid-third quarter, and then another run by the Pacers. They were getting to the fast break points again, 23 of those in the first two and a half quarters. Um, again, they turned on the rotation a little bit. It was a roller coaster of a third quarter, to say the least. It ended up being 32-32, so I guess no damage done. But the Hawks were already down by 10, so you, you kind of have to win those quarters. And they were not, not able to do that. I will say they were all offensively, they were awesome in the third. They shot 50% from the floor, had eight free throw attempts, and one turnover in a quarter. And that's a heck of a foundation to be good on offense. But they allowed the Pacers to shoot 61% from the floor and had 10 free throw attempts in the quarter. And that's with Trey and John Collins playing the entire third quarter and not being not making any dent in the scoreboard there was a little bit troublesome, as we'll get into again in a second. Um, they went back to a Kongwu with with four fouls start the fourth quarter. He got his fifth very, very, very quickly. They had to go back to Collins again, start pretty early in the fourth quarter. It was a nice high-low pass from Jalen Johnson, who came back in for a Kongwu, um, to cut it down to Jalen to Collins got down to six at one point. So it's the first time the Hawks were within six since it was 41 to 35 mid second quarter. Uh, Jalen was bad, again, very good. I thought after halftime, it was just something to note in a positive direction. But after that, there was a timeout by the Pacers and it was all Pacers from there. It was back to 10 immediately. They got Trey back in the game and uh, the Hawks had an uphill battle for sure down by 10, even with Trey coming back in. But uh, I got off the rails in a hurry. Basically the game was over within two or three minutes from there. And 19 to three overall run by the Pacers to go from Hawks down six to Hawks down 22. And that was the end of the game. Basically the Hawks had four turnovers in a seven possession stretch. That is the only time the entire game, the Hawks kind of kicked the ball around. It was a bad time for that. Um, Tyrese Halliburton got, got it going, had 10 points in, uh, in a short, in a short span of time there, but he held it a three Collins fouled out. Collins almost fouled out actually did foul out briefly because Nate had to kind of uh, challenge a call to have that overturn and have a Congo stay in the game. But it was a perfect storm of disaster for the, for Atlanta. I tweeted this at the the time. This is not revisionist history. I would have pulled the starters at about the five and a half minute mark down by 21 after the challenge and all that stuff. And with the back-to-back the next day, it's not impossible to come back from that, from that span, but a regular season in December, you just pulled the plug there and the Hawks didn't do that. Uh, And this is, I'm not blaming anybody for this. This is just kind of what happened. Trey young then gets hurt about a minute later. So about four minutes ago, Trey goes to the locker room he was, uh, if you saw a replay, it kind of like his foot kind of skidded. Like it wasn't, I thought it was an ankle tweak in live time. Um, ended up being a calf contusion, according to what the Hawks announced. Trey did say after the game to Lauren Williams of the AJC that um, he hope, that he hopes to play on Wednesday. No official update from the Hawks other than just a calf contusion. So we'll see on that. Obviously, that could be just about anything for Trey. But I think he might have tried to stick it out if the Hawks were in the game. But they were down by 20. He went to the locker room. Um, obviously, you're hoping that's not a huge disaster. But it's not great ever to have your star get hurt down by 21 or something like that with four minutes to go in the game. He probably shouldn't have been out there. I said that as much. Uh, that's, that's not to say that he would have got hurt some other time, but it's uh, not, not a great look necessarily on a back-to-back and all that stuff. Anyway, uh, finally, that kind of prompted the bench to be cleared at that stage, and they went away from uh, from everybody with about four minutes to go, and uh, there you go. So uh, the big story of the night was the defense in a bad way for Atlanta. So I think the perimeter defense was about as bad as it possibly could have been in this game. Now, some of that's personnel that was available. And look, currently the Hawks personnel defensively on the perimeter in particular is not very good. Um, Yes, Aaron Holiday is a pretty pesky perimeter defender, but he's very small and he's playing a small role. Uh, The three guys who started on the perimeter tonight in this game, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, 
and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Only one of those guys could even be said is average defensively on the perimeter, and that's Murray. And Murray was pretty bad in this game by his standards defensively. Uh, Trey is obviously Trey on defense is very bad. And Bogey, as I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, uh, offensively, there's, there's a lot of value there. Defensively, he is really rough right now, staying in front of guys on the perimeter and sliding and moving his feet. He's just a step or two slow. And then you throw in the fact that AJ Griffin is still probably below average defensively, uh, despite being you know better than better than average for a rookie probably at this stage. Um, and then you know there was there was some Kaminsky minutes out there. Um, and then you're facing a team in Indiana has good has good guard play. Uh, it was rough. It was rough the entire way. And not you know Akongwu had the foul issues. Collins trying to play the five. I've long said Collins is a good defender, like capital G good at the four. At the five, he's below average. He's just kind of he's just kind of small for that to be the, to be your anchor defensively. So, long story short, the Hawks personnel is not good, but it was still really rough. They were not organized. They were not getting back in transition in this game. Uh, the fundamentals were really rough. They weren't uh, getting uh, sort of uh, set up where they where they needed to be executing scheme stuff. It was everything and anything in this one. And the end result was a 123 defensive rating against a team in the Pacers that's a pretty good offense, but still nothing fantastic. They shot 60% on twos in the game, 27 free throw attempts, 28 assists, 60 points in the paint, 29 fast break points. Just to be uh, clear on this one, the league leader averages about 18 per game, so almost double where the Hawks were in this one. Uh, that's really tough. And here's a, here's a crazy stat for you. Usually when you give up, give up a ton of fast break points, it's because you're turning the ball over and giving up like pick sixes. The Hawks had nine turnovers in the game on offense. That is an excellent figure. These The Pacers only had three steals in the game. So they had three live ball turnovers and had 29 fast break points. That means the Hawks were getting blown by after misses, not even live ball turnovers. That is really, really bad. And it starts in not stopping the ball and not getting organized on the perimeter. Um, offensively, the Hawks were okay. Uh, the numbers were basically solid across the board. They were 12-30 on threes. That's a pretty good ratio. 29 free throw attempts. Again, with nine turnovers, that's a really good number. Um, they did lose the glass in this one, which is not a huge surprise without Capella. And then uh, the, the, the the one thing that on, on offense that was pretty bad was 47% from two-point range. That's a very bad number for, for Atlanta. But nothing was terrible offensively. It was just that they could not get stops when they needed to get stops. And then I will say the first half offense was pretty shaky, but um, on the full game scale, they did enough on offense. They just could not get enough of the defensive production to get a win in the spot. All right, we'll have more on the individual breakdowns as we always do on this show, going through all of the players that participated in this one. But first, a word from our sponsors on the show today. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online, and the NBA is, of course, the main topic on this podcast. Things are getting very busy on this show as 2023 is approaching. There's also plenty of football and hockey and soccer and other action also going on in the sports world, and the action really never stops. Bet Online is the number one source for your betting information, your stats, and your news this season. Get the latest odds and trends for every pro and college league out there at Bet Online and really across the sports world. That includes the latest on football and basketball and soccer, esports, golf, tennis, auto racing, horse racing, and much more. Bet Online is also very useful on the Hawks. That includes point spreads and over-unders and money lines. I talk about stuff all the time in terms of framing the challenges for Atlanta in the future. Conference odds, division odds, title odds, and more. And Bet Online is also the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting fixed. If you also love sports podcasts, find those at Bet Online as well. Check out Bet Online on your mobile device or your computer to learn about, more about all the trends and the action in the sports world. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you by Big Dog Speakers, and I have to ask you, can your portable Bluetooth speaker even think about hanging with the Big Dog? The Scout from Big Dog Speakers is a portable Bluetooth speaker specifically designed in Augusta, Georgia to deliver high-quality sound that is huge, it's very clear, plus they have fantastic battery life. 
all kinds of connectivity options, and they do it all at a competitive price. The Big Dog Scout speaker also gets loud with a max volume of 105 decibels, and it's loud in competition with still maintaining that high-quality sound that you're looking for. You can party with your friends to blowing up the beach or doing something more practical like making a phone call. The Big Dog speaker is built to do it all. Also, Big Dog Speakers are back with a 100% satisfaction guarantee plus a one-year warranty. It's time to go big with Big Dog Speakers with the ability to charge other devices, maintain 15 hours of playback, produce up to 105 decibels, and even the ability to pair two together for that enhanced stereo sound in a waterproof package. That's how my setup is with Blue Dog Speakers, and it really makes it perfect when you can run the sound out and have two paired together. The Big Dog Scout is also available right now at BigDogSpeakers.com for $99. You get 20% off with promo code Locked On on top of that. For more information, check out BigDogSpeakers.com, and do not forget that promo code Locked On one more time. That is BigDogSpeakers.com, promo code Locked On. All right, we'll dive into the players now. And uh, as you might imagine, it was not necessarily fantastic in a 15-point loss against a team that is at least uh, not better than you, if not worse than you at this stage. Um, there were guys who played at the very end of the game. Tyrese Martin, the Krejci, who was questionable to play in this gun, ended up going. Trent Forrest played, I think, one possession earlier in the game defensively, but we'll kind of do the uh, the TBD on those guys. Justin Holiday had a very uh, active first stint. That's not all he played in this game. One of five from the floor in seven minutes. Uh, Holiday has definitely had the green light probably too much so far this season. Did, did make a three, uh, had a rebound, had, had sorry, two rebounds and an assist. He was part of that lineup that was just kind of brutal at the end of the first half, sorry, in the first quarter, as was Frank Kaminsky, who had four points in eight minutes. But, uh, you know, that also figures, I think, at least some of the uh, garbage time at the end of the game. And I think he was in that like minus four stretch at the end of the first quarter. Defensively, it's rough for Frank usually. Aaron Holiday was a, a quiet factor, did not score in 11 minutes, two assists and rebound for Aaron, had a foul, minus one, uh, kind of, a, you know, middling. I wouldn't say he was bad, just didn't make a huge impact, uh, maybe a little bit defensively at, at one point in the third when he came in the first time, uh, but that was kind of it. Um, Jalen Johnson, uh, kind of a tail two half situation. I think was pretty shaky in the first half, much better after halftime, nine rebounds, five assists for Jalen, some good playmaking from him in this game, eight points in 21 minutes. That's a line eight times. He was aggressive. I thought he was, a, it was pretty assertive in a good way in after halftime. And I was impressed actually, because he could have like kind of turtled up. He hadn't been playing very much and in the first half. It wasn't very good, but to kind of stay in it, stay engaged and uh, make a real impact and thought positively after halftime was a good sign for Jalen. And then Edgy Griffin, kind of a shaky game for him. Nine points on 10 shots, um, 0-4 from three, three of six on twos, uh, one assist, one rebound, one turnover, kind of a shaky defensive performance from him. He'll have better nights for sure, but not his best work in this game. Uh, to the starters, Okongwu played the fewest minutes, 21 because of foul trouble, six points, eight rebounds. He wasn't bad when he played. It was just that he was overextended and also just like he does have the foul tendencies. Obviously, let's talk about that a lot on the show, but uh, he was trying to overhelp and trying to clean up everything. It's not really his fault. Both he and Collins were put in bad spots defensively in this game, but I thought he was okay other than the fouls. Just didn't have a huge impact. Uh, Murray had a rough one, 14 points. It was minus 20 in this game on 412 from the floor. Got the line six times, but defensively, it was one of his worst games of the season, I thought. Had one steal, through three assists, and two rebounds. Just kind of a non-factor for a guy that has to be a factor every night. Bogey uh, made some shots early and late, but in the middle was kind of rough. And then defensively, it was really, really, really tough. A lot of the time, trying to stay in front of Buddy Heald in particular. On switches and uh, even as a primary assignment. Uh, Trey... Kind of a mixed bag. 22 and 10. Obviously, you can't fake that in terms of impact, but he was uh, two of nine on twos in this game. So, shoot the ball well from three. He's been very good from three in the last you know couple of weeks here. Uh, 10 assists is obviously really good. Um, three three rebounds, but uh, put up with that defense, not exactly his strength. He was rough in that, in that instance and was not very efficient 
by his standards. And then John Collins had, had a good night on offense for sure. A season-high 26 points to go along with 10 rebounds in 30 minutes. He hit three threes. That's a good sign for a guy who's not been – he's not been shooting the ball well at all this year, like actively bad to this point. But obviously has a longer track, track record of being a decent shooter beyond that. So maybe this is sort of a, a springboard toward that. And, uh, you know, the foul trouble, obviously, in the second half is worth noting. But I thought he was really active and was the Hawks' best player for most of the game in this one. So, all told, like, it's not a terrible, horrible, horrific kind of loss for the Hawks. But still a game where they didn't win a single quarter. They didn't really play particularly well in many areas. And uh, they had their number one issue that I would have said before the game, especially against this opponent, because India is not a huge, like, mash you at the rim kind of team. They're more of a, you know, perimeter-based um, you know, pick and pop kind of team in a lot of ways with Turner, etc. Uh, I, I would have been worried about the defense for sure without Hunter and Capella because Hunter, I think, might be a little bit overrated defensively by some people. He's still a good defender. He's their best perimeter defender, I think, on the roster in terms of the guys who play a lot of minutes. And the Capella obviously makes their entire defense go. So those guys being out is a huge knock to the defense. Offensively, you could argue that, especially if on, on a bad night for either one of those guys, it might be a little bit shakier. But defensively, you cannot replace those guys. And also, as I've said a lot of times this year, but I'll say one more time now, the depth on this roster is not good. So taking out two of your top five or six players from the roster and, you know, they don't really have a lot of depth, let's just say. So I wasn't surprised they lost this game. I was surprised about how bad it was at times defensively, even with this personnel. And uh, no time to rest from here because the Hawks have a real challenge on Wednesday. So they have to fly back to Atlanta as we speak, as I record this on Tuesday night, and they play the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn is the hottest team in the league. They've won nine games in a row. Uh, they do have Joe Harris out of the lineup in this one. But Brooklyn is 22-12 and 12 on the season. And as I record this podcast, the Nets currently lead the league in true shooting percentage, field goal percentage, and three-point percentage on offense. They're top five in offensive rating. In the nine-game nine game winning streak, they actually have about a 125 offensive rating, but about 66% true shooting over nine games. Uh, KD and Kyrie are dialed in. They are playing very, very well, and they are the more rested team. Now, the Hawks, the Hawks do host the game, but – Brooklyn was off tonight. They, they played last night. So we'll see how the Hawks respond. They have had some streak-busting chops this year. The Hawks have done a pretty good job in stopping long streaks. But uh, this is a real challenge. Brooklyn's playing very well right now. And the Hawks, uh, we'll see what happens with the injury report with regard to Hunter and Capella. If, uh, and even with Trey. You know, if, if Trey can't go, you know, even more of an uphill battle in a lot of ways. But uh, Hunter against KD is a huge loss. If he can't play on, on Wednesday, the Hawks don't have a lot of options against Kevin Durant. Hunter is obviously their primary guy on Durant. Uh, and even against Kyrie, they're going to need John Murray to be a lot better defensively than he was in this game. We'll see Aaron Holiday on, I'm sure, maybe even some Trek Forest along the way here. But uh, the Hawks will probably be underdogs, I would imagine, in the betting market in that game. And we'll get into all of that on the game after the game on Wednesday. But uh, yeah, tough one for sure. And if the Hawks lose on Wednesday, they'll be below 500 again. So that a nice little challenge coming home. I'll be in the building for that one on Wednesday night. So we'll have full coverage of that one as always. But I do appreciate all everyone listening to the podcast. Uh, you know, I'm always kind of uh, trying to give you the rational take on things. If you're a new listener to the podcast, we definitely welcome you, welcome you aboard. I don't usually yell and scream or in a positive or negative direction, but try to give you the uh, the more sober analysis on this evening. And I hope you appreciated that angle as we talk on the podcast. Please subscribe to the show across platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Odyssey, and then also on the video side over at YouTube. Five-star reviews are very useful. Uh, write ratings, all that stuff. Also, follow the show on Twitter, at Locked on Hawks. Follow me on Twitter, at BT Roland. I'm also writing about the Hawks again, patreon.com slash BT Roland. I do appreciate all, the, appreciate all the support. Hope you're enjoying your holiday break, and we'll be back after the game on Wednesday.